Hola, amigos, and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falcone, Presidente of Add to Houston. I'm joined today by my co-host. Hey, y'all, this is Rose Garza. I am the co-EDIHL as well as the past president of Add to Houston. And of course, our producer, Jacob Denton. Hello. Who is right here with us. Today on the show, we are happy to have Alex Helu with us, president of AAF University of Houston. Hey, Alex. Hey, thanks, Guido, for introducing me and Rosa. Well, we are very happy that you took time today. I know that you are working on an essay and uh, you're also working on, you know, running a club. And I know a little bit about that. So very much, uh, we're very happy that you're here with us. For sure. All I got to say is whose house? Cook's house. For those of you who are listening to Add to Houston and Amigos podcast for the first time or may not know Guido or myself, we both attended the University of Houston. So today in the studio, we're definitely showing our U of H pride. Ooh, we just won two. Did we? Yeah, we just won. Uh, was it like 48 or something? It was like 47 oh, so zero. Yeah, 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 that's right. 75% of the room went to UH. So I have to say that U of H advertising program turns out some amazing talent. Alex, thank you for being in the studio with us today. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us about your journey to being a graphic designer at Dylan Moore Marketing Design? Yeah, for sure. So to kind of kick things off, when I first started here in Houston, well, I lived overseas in Dubai. And I grew up there for 11 years. And I graduated from a school in Bahrain called Bahrain School. And then I came straight to Houston. And... I first went to the University of Houston downtown. Eventually, I transferred over to the University of Houston. Yeah. And while I was at the University of Houston, I was declared to be a marketing major with a minor in graphic design. I was also in the sales program. And at the time, there was an assignment where I had to find a mentor. Guido <laughs> might remember this because I called him one day <laughs> asking, hey, uh, do you know if Kay Kernak, Kay is the former pre- or the leaving president of the American Advertising Federation as well, if I could talk with her and chat with her about this uh she was nice enough to connect me with dylan where from there he was nice enough to help me out complete this assignment basically he had to pay for my sponsorship with this with for this jacket and nice from there um he asked me what were my goals for this mentor mentee relation and i told him i wanted this to be mutually beneficial and what then snowballed from an impromptu internship where I worked on some off projects here and there turned out to become a part-time position or role as a graphic designer slash marketing specialist. And right now working with him, I've done a lot of brand of brand identities, logo animations, motion graphics, social media campaigns for all the clients that we're working with. And here and there's some really interesting projects, (laughs) (laughs) but other than that, it's been a blast. And I hope that answers that question. Oh, I mean, wasn't really a question. It was more of a statement. But oh, yes. yeah, that's <laughs> uh, I remember that call, too, because I was like, mm, let me check with Kay, because I know she's busy, but yeah. she knows. I remember when I asked, when I first approached her about that sponsorship, she told me, well, Alex, I'd love to sponsor you, but the thing is, I have so many clients, and they would not be happy if I took on, like, another responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, yeah. already spread too thin, so. Yeah. And she was, uh, she was the president at the time, so. Exactly. Um, that she, well, she loves the club and she wasn't about to let you uh, yeah, fall like, off. Fall so. off for sure. And I, I'm grateful for her for that. Um, it was either 
what was it? I did reach out to another person before. Um, that was like a, what was it, a creative director in Dubai that worked oh. with TW Rad. Uh, but he never got back to my messages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's a different time zone. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. But I'm glad that you reached out to me and that we were able to make this work. For sure. So, you know, I've seen some of the stuff you do and it's awesome. I mean, I wish I was half as talented as you are. But, um, so, you know, just, just to kind of go on, you know, focus a little bit on your creative. So, you know, where do you draw inspirations for these ideas, right? How do you, how do you come out with them and, you know, how do you know what, like, what might be good for this uh, project, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think really a good example could possibly be a time when my boss or Dylan Moore <laughs> reached out, or brought Shout this project. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he reached out to me or he basically pre presented two projects. Both of them were kind of the same product. It was basically a, a sauce. Yeah package and we needed to make like a label with a brand logo and everything the one that we had the one was like really hectic the other one was more fun i'm going to yeah. focus on the fun one uh -huh. <laughs> so the wacky fun one was called saint sassy and saint oh. sassy consisted nice. of basically a cow with a halo and <laughs> the cow had to be standing on its legs grilling something on a barbecue pit and <laughs> we had to get everything about this. we had to get basically a typeface that matched with it. They wanted to be fun, cartoony, and wacky, and it was just I was confused mainly because one I'm not an illustrator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to kind of draw from inspirations, usually whenever I'm pro or whenever I'm confronted with a situation like that, I usually look at you know my inspirations for something that might work. Uh, people that I normally look up to are like Milton Glaser, Malika Fav, or Ian MacArthur, mainly because of Malika for her clean minimalist style, Milton Glaser because of his, well, his presence in history and graphic design, and also Ian MacArthur for his illustration and illustrational styles as well. And none of them worked for that project, but I just thought I'd mention them. But <laughs> Let me throw a little knowledge away. Yeah. yeah. And then what ended up happening, I found a cartoon from Nickelodeon called Barn Barnyard, I think it was called, where they had these anthropomorphic cows that were standing. I remember the show. And I used Never them <laughs> I used them as basically a base of like figures that I could reference off. That's then cool. I created a I created a different face for the cow. I created a halo. I used an illustration of a barbecue pit that I found. I basically kit bashed yeah. a bunch of assets to form this package to actually be something that could be presentable to the client. Yeah. Um and I mean, usually a lot of these inspirations or ideas usually come from like artists that I look on social media or yeah. sometimes on Behance. And I just work with what I get yeah, most of the times. Shout out to Behance because I've used them uh, a lot in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great. It's great for the creators who are nice enough to share their work for yeah. people to really draw from inspiration from or. Yeah, always appreciate mm -hmm. that. Mm hmm. So uh, music promotes divergent thinking, which can stimulate creativity, especially when you're in the zone and trying to come up with all of these good ideas. So you're the winner of, I believe, six American Advertising Awards. Oh, who's counting? <laughs> um, can you talk a bit about the music you like to listen to when you're designing or brainstorming different ideas? Sure. I mean, a lot of the times whenever I'm just working on interesting projects i usually listen to podcasts yeah yeah i but get that music 
uh, in particular, I listen to Brand Joy, Bass mm-hmm. Tracks, or Russ. Um, but back to the podcast, I usually listen to Dungeons and Daddies. Which that is sounds like, great. <laughs> what, is, what is that about? <laughs> so it's basically a Dungeons and Dragons podcast oh. where these creators, um, I'm not sure if you guys know Freddie Wong. Back in like the early 2000s or 2010s or something, he was basically a part of this crew called D- Corridor Crew, I believe. I'm not mm-hmm. too familiar with his history, but I used to see him a lot. He's like this wacky, crazy guy yeah. who would like be heavily involved with visual effects. And I was watching a video from Corridor Crew where they announced him launching this podcast. Oh. This was back in like 2019, where him and his friends are basically improving and not playing the game properly and they get into the most (laughs) craziest (laughs) it's really great like it's fun to listen to whenever you're like you don't really want to listen to music you just want to focus and just have like a pack of friends behind you that are just laughing and having a great time like that's what i like to do uh that's so i'm gonna check that out because i actually love dungeons and dragons i cancel my dungeons and dragons game uh uh, session today to come record uh, so I'm going to check that out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so we talked about, you know, we we have a questionnaire that we send all of our uh, our speakers. And you mentioned that you really dig the Dr. Squatch. Uh, and I, I agree with you. It's the first time I'm going to buy soap in years. Uh, eventually I'm going to do it because I usually do lotion, right? Yeah. So, but you also mentioned the Terry Crews commercials uh, with all spice when he's like breaks through the... Breaks through the walls, yeah, shouting. Yells at you and mm-hmm. yeah. So... In your opinion, which one do you think was the most effective? Because I've been using Old Spice for years now, for no reason other than that commercial. But I think that's what makes it really interesting. You know, there's like this thing called the sleeper effect. And usually, Uh, right, you know, when this ad has been in, you've been aware of it for so long, you know, like all the components to it that makes it so effective. And, you know, when you think of Terry Crews breaking through a role and you think of somebody shouting at you, then Old Spice. Yeah. I think Dr. Squatch, what's really effective about them is that, you know, they're doing their whole campaign, not on TV ad spots, but so in YouTube. social media and yeah. YouTube. That's what I get mine. Yeah. yeah. It has the same type of a feel and it's that humor that makes it stick to your minds, yeah. which I really enjoy most of the time, <laughs> <laughs> even though they're obnoxious, but that's what, that's, that's the, yeah, that's the charm. Yeah. It makes I mean, it memorable. And actually, before I came here, I was looking at some reels mainly because I was surprised you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> so I looked at um, Terry Crews and the other guy, Mohammed. Uh, oh, the she, guy on the horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show. So, that was so yeah. It was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was really crazy because, you know, Mohammed is targeted for women because yeah. at the time of Shortlist. Old Spice's commercials <laughs> were targeted mainly for men, but their strategy was Mohammed for like women, so it's like majestic, yeah. unique, yeah. and charming. Terry Crews is for men because his assertiveness and aggressive yeah. nature. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's just wacky, but I love it. And that's what really makes it sticks. I mean, for something that I'm usually down to um, spotlighting trendsetters yeah. like Old Spice. But what makes Dr. Squatch really different, too, is because it's informative. Yeah. You know, Ch- Old Spice is really, you know, it's clean. It makes you smell good. Ladies. Look at me now. Look at your man now. Look at yeah. me, <laughs> look, or yeah. something. Like that. <laughs> That's not really a selling point, but hey, it keeps yeah. it. It keeps you stuck in your head. Yeah. And with things being how they are now, you know. Sorry for using that term, but yeah. what I was gonna say was that people in this generation or millennials, you know, they really want to know the facts, know that it's healthy, safe for them to use. 
Old Spice, really, sorry, Old Spice doesn't really clarify that. Doctor Squatch does. Yeah. And there's a lot of other unique selling points to it that they really brought in their ad that made it fun and informative yeah. in a YouTube space where ads can be 30 seconds, but viewers have the option to watch the whole thing if they really want to. Yeah. Which is really, I think, really cool. Uh, but overall, who did it best? Uh, personally, I think Doctor Squatch. But Old Spice is like a close second to my heart. <laughs> I, I really respect what Doctor Squatch did with their ad placement. Yeah, uh, they're really good at targeting, and they use YouTube. And it, I'm like, you really did your your work, your homework. Actually, here's a fun story with Doctor Squatch. So I bought some I bought some <laughs> soaps from them back in the pandemic, oh, that's and great. you know the soaps that I ordered got lost in the mail. So I had oh, to re- I yeah. reached out to them. I said, hey, I never got it. So they resent it back. Sure. They resent me a new pack, but. Uh, the package that got lost arrived to me oh. and it was melted. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> but, that's not good. And the worst part was somebody in the mail postal office stole my soap. I, I ordered four. I got three instead. <laughs> it you was, can't trust the mail. And somebody opened <laughs> the, actually opened the packaging, which Why? freaked me out. Yeah. That's it was so weird. wacky, but I still care about them. They're really great. Like the soaps are phenomenal. I'm thinking of buying them again. I think recently they're now doing like promotionals on like, the Star Wars themed soaps. Yeah, I seen this conversation. It, yeah. it really makes me want to buy. I'm not sponsored by no, Doctor no, Squatch. We're not sponsored <laughs> by <them. laughs> but we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we them. just They're really just, like them. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to change topics a bit to AF U of H and your involvement as a former U of H AF alumni. I'm extremely happy to have you in the studio and learning more about your journey and seeing the club really thrive on your leadership from what it has in the past. Can you talk a bit about how you first got involved with AAF, U of H, and your journey to become president? For sure. So I guess going through how I first got introduced to AAF was really through Mad Men. <laughs> so <laughs> We talked about this. Yeah. Actually, here's how I found out about it. So Don Draper was chilling in his office after winning an award, and he had his certificate. Like in a couple of episodes later, he had the certificate in his office. And I just paused the scene because I was really curious to see what it what it said. And it's a Don Draper American Advertising Award, American Advertising Federation. And I just was sitting there doing some sketches for a class project at the time. And I was just thinking to myself, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great if an actual organization like that actually existed? <laughs> so, it would be. <laughs> so me being the curious guy I am, I went on Google and... Lo and behold, AF actually existed, and I was really excited about that, but I didn't know how to get involved because I was still at, at the University of Houston downtown. They didn't really have a chapter like yeah. that. They only have yeah. AMA, and AMA is very analytics-driven and yeah. super marketing-savvy. But again, I'm more of a creative. But yeah. back to the story at hand, um, I found out about AF U of H when I was trans- transferring over to the University of Houston. Cool. I got involved through... Uh, Sang Lee, who was the former social oh. media officer. Yeah. Actually, the first time. Yeah, he was a really great guy. And, well, I said, he's a really great guy. He's still gone. Yeah. He doesn't live in Houston anymore. Yeah. I don't think. yeah. He lives in San Antonio now. And, oh. uh, but actually, he encouraged me to go be more involved with AEF after our info night. That was actually the first time where I met both you oh. and Rosa. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that was back oh. in 2019. I remember that. That was the first time you. Yeah, Whoa. that was the first time I met you guys. Full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, a magical moment. <laughs> yeah, it was a rainy night <laughs> with pizza. <laughs> Definitely not the best. I remember pizza. Yeah. And then 
I'm trying to think. So Sang really wanted me to get involved, and eventually he recommended me to apply for a creative officer role. And there was me, my friend Wo, who was the president before me, and Matthew. And we all kind of started spearheading the whole creative officer role. Oh, yeah. I mean, there. I'm certain that there were creative officers in the past, but not a lot of them stuck around like I had. Yeah. And... You know, we created assets for different posts and events. Eventually, uh, when the semester ended, that was probably the spring of 2019. Mm. That's actually, actually, no. Yeah, spring of 2019. That's when I believe I submitted some pieces for the American Advertising Awards, I believe. I'm not too sure. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm, I'll take back that story. <laughs> Sorry if I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. It's just hard to kind of get everything straight. But yeah. Matthew, Will, and I, we were starting the whole process yeah. of basically creating all the posts and all the graphics. Eventually, when the summer came in, we transitioned. I became the creative, the chief creative officer. We brought in two new, two new officers. Will uh, Matthew graduated. Will became the president. Yeah. And basically, Will told me, "I trust you. Do whatever you can that works well with this org." And at the time, we were really stuck on the idea of rebranding for space city because yeah. on campus you know a lot of student orgs really put an emphasis on their personal brand and how they stand out from the competition so we really wanted to have like this professional look yeah. but also be fun and playful and charming for yeah. university students and you know we needed to improve our branding our website our social media we also had to had a store built <laughs> so we did all of that and that sounds like so much, yeah. it was a lot, but it was fun. We did that all in, a, in one summer, which was probably the best summer that was during the pandemic, but we had lots of free time. So. It's a great summer, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then from there, we, I really put an effort in setting up the store. My friend Yen, she, Yen Lee, mm -hmm, Yen Lee started, basically built the website. We provided also her with the graphics. Yep. Also a member of AF Houston. Of Ad2 as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Erica who at the time she was really starting out. Yeah. She didn't really have much design experiences using softwares like Photoshop, Illustrator. We, Yen and I basically brought her up to a bit. Cool. And then with her like extensive efforts, she became really well. And now she's basically taking my role. Cool. Mm -hmm. And now I'm the president. Um, basically, my role right now is to foster a community that builds upon the idea of connections and relations. Basically, to another point, we want to be a place where people can find, can make the connections for people they'll need for tomorrow. Yeah. To emphasis on the idea of future city or space city or space something city. like that. Yeah. I like it. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, creative that you guys came out with. Oh, it definitely is. I think it's been one of the best that's been produced by U of H in a while. Yeah. Like, oh. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> actually, a lot of the she stuff. She should know we, she's been involved. <laughs> <laughs> it was really crazy how um, a lot of the stuff that me and my team had done in the past, we submitted them for the Addies back in for the the recent Addies in 2021. Those yeah, right. those three, or we submitted for three different categories. I believe for social media, website, and actually, I think it was just those two. Yeah, social media and the website. Win, right? Yeah, we won a gold for the website. And a silver for social media. <laughs> and we had like, it was pretty funny because one of the posts that we submitted was like a, our website announcement post, yeah. um, an event post with a speaker. Yeah. And 
I believe our merchandise post where we were launching our store and stuff like cool. that and making that yeah. announcement. We need to make a store. <laughs> um, this has been no, that, that that was great. Um, I, I really love what you guys did. I'm glad that you got involved and then we got to. I forgot that we met at that info night. And yeah. I know I met you again when you went to tune in. You Easy. work for the first Addies, mm -hmm. uh, and you know we've been in contact since. And yeah, back in 20, 2019. That's the story I was remembering yeah, I, and somehow yeah. linking it to that but you know, <laughs> uh, you know and it's it's been great so now see when i went to school i didn't have a lot of time for um clubs so I, I thought i didn't have enough time and i kind of neglected them i didn't join aaf university of houston until i was a senior right mm -hmm. uh and i feel like that was that was uh that wasn't good that that, that hurt me later on yeah. so um you know so what are some so based on that, what are some advantages that being part of this club actually gives the members, right, the students? Uh, again, I I've personally think that there's a lot, but in your opinion and what you've seen yeah. and what you've lived. Absolutely. And I can't agree with you more about how there's a lot to really go over, but I'll keep it short. Yeah. So I think one of the big selling points that I really like about the American Advertising Federation is the community. Everybody's super supportive. They're there for you. You can really rely on your extensive network to really find somebody that fits with the project that you have in mind or at least support you in any means. There are a lot of great opportunities for basically for students in particular, scholarships, uh, internship programs, yeah. a lot of big connections that you can make here in Houston that are involved in really big projects that could possibly help you improve your own personal portfolio. I believe personally, um, I've been approached for many projects, yeah. but not having the time to do them. <laughs> but a lot of the times there, there's that, that people can really find if they're involved with AAF Houston or AFU of H or AT2, whichever. <laughs> Actually, <clears throat> another, mm, <laughs> sorry. But yeah. I think another one is also really important is the American Advertising Sorry, the American Educational Foundation, I believe. Is yeah, it yeah, yeah. American yeah. Educational Foundation. Yeah, that's right. Houston, Houston AFH. Yep. Yeah. So they also do a scholarship as well, mm -hmm. which I believe they hand out to aspiring advertising professionals yes. in university. I uh, think the scholarship kind of covers the semester. Um, it's a $5,000 scholarship. $5, yeah, $5,000 uh, scholarship. I do Houston has a scholarship with them as well. Yeah. yeah. I think also, does AF Houston have a scholarship? I'm not. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so hey, there's a lot of opportunities for scholarships there. Actually, one of the videos I did for my for my org or for the University of Houston chapter, we did a video with Professor Kelly where he talked about the three C's of joining AF University AF U of H, which was cash, connections, and credentials. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of those play into this as well, yeah. especially with you know the awards that you can win kind of like the American Advertising Awards, kind of yeah. like you said, you know, I've won six of them. <laughs> but <laughs> Casual oh, drop. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not a, not a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's something, and it's really cool to have that in my resume. I, I'm having a hard time fitting everything I've won in the resume. <laughs> Keeping it one page so and funny. fitting it every fitting everything in. I have to remove some of my old jobs now, which mm -hmm. kind of makes me sad. Cause <laughs> we need to start making resumes double-sided. Uh, yeah, two-sided resumes. Yeah. I mean, you can have more than one pages if you yeah, have enough should. stuff to fit it. Yeah. We had a workshop recently with Creative Circle. I and saw that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ramsey basically spoke, unless you have like well over 
20 or so plus years of experience, you shouldn't have a two-page resume. <laughs> and it was actually our most, how can I explain it? The most active event we had. We had re- Our first event that we kicked off in person was with Alfred Martinez. Yeah. Then we had our online event with Creator Circle. And it's been a good ride so far, at least with my oversee, me overseeing the whole process of basically running this org. And it's been a handful, <laughs> I can't oh, say. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I bet. So, Alex, as someone who has recently gained a foothold into the industry, what is the biggest lesson you've learned while starting your career? I believe the biggest lesson I've learned so far is to really be patient with others, mm-hmm. as well as... Dropping some nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Also, understanding where they're coming from. Because yes. a lot of the times, I believe... I picked up some of some of the crazy habits I've gained from the pace in this industry. You know, everybody yeah. wants things done now, quick and fast. And I brought that in to my org because you know we need we're in a tight deadline. Students yeah. in summer vacation are very slack. We're oh, just like, oh no, I don't want to yeah. do work. I'm just chilling with my family, or oh no, I'm just watching my cartoons. Uh, give me a month. I need to finish this season. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a Big Brother in the summer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. Yeah. A lot of the times, people don't take action until the deadline comes around the corner. And oh, obviously, yeah. being at the position where I was before last summer, you know, we were very proactive. We got things done. This summer, you know, we got a lot of stuff done, but it could have been done more effectively, at least my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, we did a lot of great stuff. And I'm really proud of the work that my team was able to do. Um, there were some, like, side issues that we faced. And now we're just basically working through that, through my mistakes, obviously. <laughs> it's all your fault. Yep, all my fault. But at the end, a lot of the, that lesson is what I've learned. is just be patient with others, yeah. work with them, and see the results that come through it. And, you know, you'll be proud of them at the end. And that's really what I've learned so far, working with, like, teams of, like, 47 to, like, this group of, like, eight people. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. No, dude, that's, that's great. That's great advice. Okay, so we have already established that you've won six Addies. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were well they were well earned. I've seen the stuff that you that you uh, yeah. fantastic, fantastic work. So um can you talk a little bit about the work that you've entered and then maybe share some advice for other students who maybe are thinking about it and they're like, mm, should I do it, should I not? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the the best stories I can mention would be the first time I applied when you were pushing me to do it. Uh, I, <laughs> you were I, encouraging I us a lot. I forced you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you and Professor Kelly. Professor Kelly was just telling us, I'll pay half of your admissions fees. And just, that was nice. That was like a nice selling yeah. point for me. Um, for those who are at the University of Houston, Professor Kelly is basically our academic supervisor. He's really great and has been heavily involved acting as like a liaison between our chapter with the American Advertising Federation here, as well as at two. But right now under my tenure, I'm trying to ease off his workload too, a little bit. But he was a really big influence on that as well as Guido. Guido kept providing all the marketing materials for that and just pushing that, keeping that in front of us so that we are reminded constantly about it. Eventually I gave in. Um, So (laughs) I broke, he broke me down a little, but it was, it was a good way, mainly because I reached out to him and I told him I 
recently transferred to the University of Houston. I wasn't working on any big projects. I only worked on like one thing that year. <laughs> and it was a record label for my friend Mads, who lives in Manchester. And he was basically doing his own thing. His alias at the time was Biscuit Baloo. And I did basically a album cover inspired by Milton Glaser's Bob Dylan album which was basically Bob Dylan's silhouette with the rainbow hair, Yeah. right? So I created something similar, but it was my take on it. And I submitted that to the Addies. Th thankfully, because I did that in the same year when the Addies was happening, you told me I can submit that. But I didn't know what category to put it in. I asked you, you said poster. Professor Kelly said posters. For those who aren't sure where to go, you know, ask your friends. Ask, look at the categories that are available. See what work, you know, that you think you had the most fun in that looks great and professional yeah. to submit. And obviously that'll give you the best chances of getting placed somewhere. And for me, when I submitted that piece, I basically won third place in the poster category. Mm -hmm. And that was my first Addies. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it snowballed to the next one <laughs> with another can design, another that social media campaigns and a logo animation I did for a company with Dylan when I was working with him uh, in my internship. And hopefully this year I have a lot more stuff to look at to submit. <laughs> we'll see. That is definitely great to hear. So you, you're a graphic designer, you freelance in your free time, mm -hmm. you go to school full time and are the president of AFU of H. Can you tell me when you're developing all of your award-winning ideas, how do you know which ones is the right one? I usually kind of like how I ask my friends which category these pieces <laughs> go to. I ask for their opinions. Yeah. A lot of the times I ask my my mom or my stepsister because they're the only ones at the house. And whenever I'm at work, Dylan usually walks when he gets out of his off his office, yeah. he walks by my com the computer space that I'm at and he looks at what I'm basically developing as like a concept and then he just tells me he he tilts his head <laughs> and then he tilts it the other way. And then I look up, I see him. And then he gives me some feedback and yeah. obviously some ideas and how to kind of do it. I try to work at it at the office and I take it back home and I try to come up with more ideas until I find something that's really solid and strong that we're both confident in. And that's usually how those concepts work or how I usually pick them out. Yeah. It's good. Um, I've said it before. Um, I believe feedback is a gift. And... Uh, any feedback people give you, you just need to, you know, not take it personally. Just analyze it, figure out why they're giving you this information. And oh yeah, figure out how to uh, apply it to the next thing you do. I think one of the things I always find myself usually whenever I receive feedback is I always feel frustrated, yes. mainly because sometimes it's so obvious that you think to yourself, "Wow, why did I do that?" Yeah, it, <laughs> and then it's. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As a writer, that happens to me a lot. And I'm like, oh, my God, I missed a coma. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, no, it happens. And it's definitely good to, and you know, it's good that you find whoever you can. To, to help you out, to help you find the right solution. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, we've, we've name dropped Kelly, uh, Professor Kelly, uh, Larry Kelly. He is a professor at the University of Houston. The greatest professor the at your age. Great, great professor. Uh, I've never had club. him before. Yeah. <laughs> you never, you never had, Wait, you've never had, had him? How, how is that even possible? He's in the marketing department. I'm in the he's marketing. In the, I'm in a marketing oh, major, yeah. so a lot of my involvement with Professor Kelly has been directly through. Club? Yeah, through the club. But yeah. he's been a great inspiration. Whenever yeah. I need advice on like yeah. copy or just some general direction, 
he usually gives me like he we first spend like an hour talking yeah. and then <laughs> we then he gives me some feedback and then i walk out and make what i can with what i get yeah uh, if you are a student at the university of houston or you're planning on going back or you're going check out professor kelly but that brings me to my question right mm -hmm. so uh, we have said, I mean, me and Rose, we're still in contact with him because he's part of the club too, right? Absolutely. The American Advertising Federation of Houston Club. Mm -hmm. So how do you think students can really make the most out of this uh, student-to-professor relationship, right? Whether it's at school or after they graduated, um, you know, how, how can we take advantage of that? How can they, how can they take advantage of that? Um, Type of relationship yeah, that's that already link established. that they have, right? Yeah, I think one of the factors that really make or break your success in any organization is your proactivity and engagement. Yeah. If you're heavily involved and make the time to be present at events, find the people who make a difference, then you'll find yourself in, an op in a lot of opportunities to really either improve your current standing in the industry or wherever you feel would be the right case. And it's not only for the American Advertising Federation. It could be for any other organization, such as like AMA or the Labor, or the, what was it, the Labor Congress or something? <laughs> Organizations, <laughs> yeah. Organi and many other organizations. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of another one that, um, this was like some advice I got from Alfred from his event that he came yeah. over. And he was just saying, be proactive, find the right people. And a lot of the times, uh, I take a lot of his feedback to heart, and that's kind of like the same way how I feel yeah. about that type of scenario. Alfred Martinez, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's great. It's it's funny because um, Professor Kelly is part of the uh, the board of Ameri of uh, AAF Houston, um, and everybody there calls him Larry, and I'm the only one who calls him Professor, uh, even though he hasn't been my professor for like five years. It's just, I, yeah. that relationship is just going to be there for yeah. the rest of my life. <laughs> so we briefly touched on receiving feedback a little bit ago, and I wanted to explore that topic a little bit more. So receiving feedback for the first time can definitely be a stressful experience, one that could also feel a little bit intimidating and frightening, but it is a necessary one that will definitely help you grow in every sense of the world. So as someone who has recently entered the industry, what advice do you have for people who might be receiving that feedback from the managers for the first time? I think one thing to show for sure is basically indicate that you're listening to your feedback and kind of kind of basing this off of my experience in art school. <laughs> a lot of the times you got the first day I was in in an art class, my professor showed me a video of a girl who got who was receiving feedback from a piece that she did. Oh. It was like a, a painting and her class was just saying, I don't even think that fits with like the rubric of the assignment. Yeah. And she threw a tantrum and she threw her piece and she like kneaded in or whatever and wow. she ran out. It was ridiculous. Like that's the type of <laughs> that's the type of reaction you should definitely not do. But you know, there's a part a factor where you have to hold it in take the feedback yeah. and basically ask yourself, what could I do to make this better? How can I have, what could I have done to basically not avoid, but successfully reach the target that you're trying to achieve. And those factors usually come into play whenever you're in a professional setting, especially whenever you're talking with the client as well. 
you know, you don't lash out. <laughs> you don't you don't cut them off. You let them say their piece and you take it in and you try to accommodate for them because at the end of the day, people work with those who they know, like and trust. Yeah. And for that to stay relevant where you work, you just have to basically make it a space where your client can trust you and you can take their feedback to heart and show them that you know their input makes sense and actually made a difference. And that's usually a lot of the times where I find myself where, you know, a lot of the times where I get feedback from clients, I usually have to show them that we did the we did what you asked. Here's how it looks. Here's another approach. And here's what we think would be a good fit. Which one of these options do you think would be best? Yeah. And that's usually how it goes. Yeah. You want to keep the client happy. And it, I'll tell you that in my experience in this industry, there's times where I've created stuff that just wasn't right. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's what the client wanted, and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you try really hard. Like, are you sure? Hey, that's what they want. That's what they want, man. It's their money. They, you know, yeah, they spend you know. it on whatever they. they yeah, want to. It, I'm here to for them. So, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about internships real quick because you mentioned that you had your internship with um, Dylan Moore. Yes. Um. So, what can student do? Once they have secured an internship, which on its own can be very difficult at times, right? Yeah. So what can they do to get the most out of it, right, while they're with that company? Because, you know, that might be like a semester-long commitment, and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think, uh, what advice you have for students? I think maybe a good, well, maybe to just clarify that question. Are you saying what advice would help them secure their part-time role in, within that company or would it be how can they make the most out of that internship? I got to make the most out of that internship. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So I think really the same kind of answer I said with regards to being involved with a new organization coming back from school applies to an internship. Basically make the effort to make a difference in the workspace, be very proactive, engaging, and foster good relations with the people that are actually established there. I think one of the things I learned from one of my classes I took at U of H in the sales program was yeah. basically employers really look for those who foster good, foster a good environment because that increases morale and that also encourages more opportunities for you to basically work better be and make a difference in the company itself. I think one of the really big selling points whenever you whenever it comes to working with a company for an internship would probably be basically a project where you have to present a case to your boss or the CEO yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> something that makes a difference. Yeah. I think what for me in my case, while I was working at, as an intern for Dylan, I was also working as an intern for Go On Group, which is a oh, yeah. external sales for yeah. sales firm. Um, I got introduced to them with Alfred yeah. and at the time I was managing their social media, their marketing collateral, but I was also doing calls for like three other different companies. I was selling huh. valves, <laughs> valves for oil and gas companies, packaging machinery and medical refrigerators. And I was basically coming up with scripts, phone yeah. call scripts, email scripts and all this stuff and actually actively reaching out to these clients. Yeah. And one of the projects that I worked with Alfred was basically a marketing automated marketing service and we had to basically present a a solution to the ceo 
Yeah. I had to develop the presentation for that, and I also had to present it to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, and now they actually are using it now, oh, and cool. it's been a big success for one of the clients. And it's that's great. Yeah, and I feel like that's what really, for me personally, makes a makes it more worthwhile for an internship. It's just finding the right person to start something and start conversations and make it into it, make it into something big. In this case, that whole marketing service, it wouldn't have started if Alfred wasn't willing to do it. Yeah. And we talked about it a lot. <laughs> so obviously if it wasn't for me being in- yeah, curious and engaging with it, yeah, yeah, we were able to, I was able to make it something that I was able to add to my resume. I have numbers to prove how great it was and all this great stuff too. That's great. Mm-hmm. So although you mentioned the AFH, scholarship opportunity for students and there's a lot more opportunities out there for students especially diverse students yeah can you talk about a few scholarships internship programs or other college level programs that students can apply for for sure i think one of the biggest ones that i was introduced to when i first joined afu of h was mape the oh, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong i'm just going to try my best to actually get it correct the multicultural advertising internship program Sounds right. That sounds right. I have no idea what MAPE stands for. <laughs> but MAPE is basically, I'll break it down for those who are just listening in and are new to this. So yeah. MAPE is basically Please. a program where multicultural students can apply to work at any advertising firm around the U.S. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you live, how far it is, they will accommodate for you to be in that state to attend that internship for you to gain that experience. And they will pay for your stay at the either at the dorm that you're in or in the house or whatever they help you out with that and you're able to go to places like new york boston chicago's savannah <laughs> it's insane we, we had a couple a mm-hmm. couple of members who have got yeah. a actually last semester we was the biggest turnout for a, yeah, a, a lot of yeah i think about 10 people got in yeah it was insane we're not promoting it now right now <laughs> at least we haven't promoted it yet with our members but we're planning on doing that soon you and should, yeah that's one of the biggest platforms I would really encourage for those who you know qualify to apply because if there was something that I wish I could have done if I was joining AEF now would be to apply for that as soon as possible. Oh yeah, I never had the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's right because you have to stay a whole nother like semester after or something, right? Mm-hmm. You have to yeah. wait. Basically, their their submissions start now. Yeah. Or their applications are open now, and you basically have to write it couple of essays, do an interview, and then after that interview, you have to wait for a response, and then an agency basically gets a list and picks you, and then you yeah. get notified, and then that's how it goes. And then you have to wait till the summer to actually start it. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's complicated, it's but lot, it's worthwhile yeah. for sure. Um, and, you know, there's other, there's a lot of um, internship programs and scholarships here in, this, in the city. Absolutely. Um, the AEFH uh, gives out a good number of um, scholarships, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, it, you just have to apply for them. I think a lot of people just don't know. Oh, that and probably I think one of the factors that always messed me up whenever I had to apply was basically reminders of the deadlines. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I would, there that's was hard. plenty of times where I've written the essay and I'm just like, oh, I'll just wait a day or two or I'm going to review it a bit more because usually I either show it to my family yeah, before so, I send it over. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> I missed it. That happened to me too. Um Sometimes you think you have more time than you actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, definitely. And, um, you know, um, for people who are listening, 
also the uh, the American Advertising Federation of Houston has the uh, student conference every year. Yes, around November. Actually, uh, um, you went to that too. Yes, and you actually, won that too. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't stop. But let me tell you, actually, right now, uh, I'm not sure. Well, right now, my firm DMND, yeah. we're working on this year's brand identity or uh, yeah. identity for the student conference. Yeah, I'm not going to disclose what's going to happen, but we're working on it. It's I think it's really fun. And I it's would. Be I exciting. mean, I don't even know what's happening, and I'm on that board. So <laughs> wait for it. I know that they're uh, <laughs> they're they're working on like a new way to do it this oh, year. Oh, there is yeah. definitely going to be something new that you've never seen before. Oh, for sure. Have, are you on that board too? So like everyone she, here she, is she, there for like me, though. She's moving slowly away from the table. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I'm barely on the resonant, but I don't know the single thing about this. Um, well, anyways, uh, Alex, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a lot of fun. For sure. Uh, yeah, we love hearing about your story and all the awesome things that you're doing. Uh, again, that's six American Advertising Awards. Go Cooks. That is Go Cooks, man. That's the type of uh, talent that lives at the University of Houston and in Houston just overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Uh, and actually, I'm going to see you again in like three days. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, you have another uh, event with me. So. And this won't be out by then, but it's going to be fun. For sure. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Any uh, projects you're working on or maybe, you know, social media? If you want to drop your LinkedIn handle. Yeah. Um, you, can, <clears throat> you can look at me on LinkedIn under Alexander Helu Dekos. My last name is spelled H-E-L-O-U. Uh, you can also look at some of my work on Instagram. Um, I go by Alexander, but I also go by an alias called Iskandar. Um, that's a name that my grandfather gave me, or that calls me whenever I visit him in Lebanon. And I mean, if there's anything else I'd like to drop down, I just am thankful for the opportunities and the people that brought me here. Uh, Guido, Rosa, thank you for having me and for my family for supporting me and all that fun stuff. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Check out his stuff. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Amigo, join us at add2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn 